You're listening to Comedy Central. Texas. A week after the state was battered by winter storms that took out the power grid, nearly nine million people still don't have clean water. But don't worry, help is on the way. After getting blasted for flying to Cancun when his own heat went off, Ted Cruz, Texas senator and Disney prince before True Love's Kiss, is now back in his home state doing the literal bare minimum for the sake of the cameras. Ted Cruz appearing back in front of the cameras, not in Yeah, camera. he spent the weekend helping Houston residents and first responders. He served barbecue to firefighters and police officers, also delivered safe drinking water to folks who need it. Sorry, Cruz. This is not gonna cut it, my man. See, this right here, this is the politician version of coming home with flowers the day after Valentine's Day. It's not nothing, but your ass is still sleeping on the couch. And honestly, I don't know why politicians try to pull off these lame photo ops. They basically just turn people who actually need real help into political props. And their photographers probably just make it worse. Yes, yes, that's fabulous, darling. Yes, 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 pout more, pout more like you don't have any food or water. But I don't have any food or water. Great, use that, use that, yes, feel it, feel it. Now, fortunately, most Texans do have their electricity back on now. So they can finally log on to all those Zoom meetings that really should have just been emails. But even some people who didn't lose their power are finding out that they weren't as lucky as they first thought. The desperation growing in Texas. Temperatures are finally rising, but so is outrage over absurdly high electric bills. Texans like Scott Willoughby, who signed up for gritty energy, not knowing his rate could vary with the market. So when power supply went down from the storm, his typically $200 bill took off. What was the damage? $16,798, something like that. And this was not a bill, this was withdrawn. This was a withdrawn straight from my account. In Fort Worth, the utility company charged Ty Williams $17,000. So we were held hostage really with our, our rate that we were working with. It was really crazy. I'm trying to get, you know, gas and groceries and make sure that my pipes don't explode. Um, the last thing that I'm thinking about is a $7,000 bill from my utility company. Wow, people. $17,000 for electricity? At that point, it's cheaper to literally burn your own money for warmth. There's probably one Amish guy on the street right now all smug as hell seeing this story. He's eating a homemade stick of butter like, I told thou so, bitches. Because seriously, people, at $17,000, it's almost not worth having any electricity. I mean, at the very least, you're gonna have to make extremely tough choices. Do you charge grandma's oxygen machine or your PlayStation controller? Because I mean, grandma needs the oxygen to live, but you can't just stop playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla before you've united England. And I think grandma would have understood that. But the question is, Why are some Texans being hit with bills bigger than their belt buckles? Well, unlike every other state, it turns out Texas has very few regulations on its utility companies. And this free market system used to be the pride of Texas. In fact, a couple of years ago, Ted Cruz was bragging that the success of Texas energy was built over many years on free enterprise and low regulation. But now, now that Texans are being charged $20,000 to toast a bagel, Cruz has discovered that regulation might not be so bad. 
Sunday, Senator Ted Cruz tweeting, this is wrong. No power company should get a windfall because of a natural disaster. And Texans should not get hammered by ridiculous rate increases for last week's energy debacle. State and local regulators should act swiftly to prevent this injustice. Oh, you tell him, Ted Cruz. The only Texan that should be getting hammered is me at the hotel bar in Cancun. So yes. Ted Cruz has reversed his stance on regulation like it was a flight path to Mexico. And I mean, let's be honest, nobody forced these Texans to choose the world's shadiest company for their electricity, but also nobody really talked about the worst case scenario when they touted the wonders of an unregulated market. When conservatives talk about freedom from government, they only focus on the good things, but that's not the whole picture. If you were running a zoo and you told all the antelopes, congrats guys, we're giving you all the freedom to roam around the zoo. That's good news. But it would be only fair to tell them that the lions are also gonna be getting that freedom because that shit is not as good for the antelopes as you make it sound. Voting. It's how America speaks to the manager. And if you're about to say, but Trevor, I just voted in November. The whole point is not to have to think about it for another four years. Well, listen up because if you don't pay attention, you might not be able to vote again in four years. False fraud claims are now fueling GOP efforts to roll back to restrict voter access. 33 state legislatures have already introduced 165 bills to restrict voting access just since last month. Florida restricting vote by mail after nearly 5 million Floridians voted that way last year. In Pennsylvania, Republicans are trying to roll back mail-in voting expansions they passed just two years ago. In New Hampshire, they're trying to require voter ID for absentee ballots while banning the use of student IDs. In Arizona, one proposal would even allow the legislature to override the Secretary of State's certification of the electoral votes. If they're not happy with the result, they can just change it. Yes. Republicans saw the record number of people exercising their rights to vote, and they said, yo, that shit cannot happen again. And some of these proposals are really extreme, right? This Arizona law would let the legislator just override the decision of the voters. Once that happens, what's the point of even voting? Arizona's gonna have to update their stickers. But hey, I get it, I get it. I mean, Republicans have to make it harder to vote so that they have a better chance of winning elections. The only other option for them is to change their policies to appeal to a majority of voters, but come on, that's way too hard. Human beings will do whatever they can to avoid changing what they think. And this has been the story for all of human history. People don't like changing their minds. My friends, it appears that there are multiple solar systems, many more than we thought. We have to change everything. Huh. Yes? Or we could just burn you at the stake. Ah, come on, guys. So, these voter restrictions are popping up all over the country, you know, sort of like the herpes of democracy. But there's one state where Republicans are going harder than anywhere. The one that just cost them the Senate. Georgia Republicans introduced a set of sweeping new bills to limit access to polls in that state. Nearly a dozen bills that could make it hard to vote have already been introduced in the state Senate. Headline-grabbing proposal requiring two copies of photo ID just to vote by mail. Others would end automatic voter registration, the use of ballot drop boxes, and no excuse absentee voting. One bill would also end early in-person voting on Sundays, days when black churches have historically held something called souls to the polls drives to turn out their members. Mm-mm-mm. Ending souls to the polls. Whew. 
Maybe y'all aren't gonna have to answer the black voters anymore, but you're still gonna have to answer to Jesus. But that's right. Georgia Republicans think that if they can ban early voting on Sundays, they can kill souls to the polls, which is when black worshipers go vote together right after church. Well, the joke's on you, Republicans, because one thing you should have learned about black people is they can do church anytime, any place. It doesn't even need to be on a Sunday. Shit, when I was growing up, we went to church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we had morning cartoons, but Sunday, we went double. And by the way, you gotta love how racists today have to learn so much about black people just so that they can be racist. I mean, back in the day, they could just say, no blacks allowed, but now they have to find out what black people do so that they can ban that. So now you have racists like, no souls to the polls, no one with fresh Tims, and no one who watches Insecure. Well, actually, Billy, Insecure is not on the air right now. I think all the black folk are watching reruns and girlfriends on Netflix. Of course, there's nothing new about states making it harder for people to vote. I mean, we've all seen every election. There are lines longer than the ones on Don Jr.'s mirror, but one of the new laws being proposed would make waiting in those lines even harder. There's a part in this bill that prohibits the handing out of food and water to voters. It says that nor shall any person give, offer to give, or participate in the giving of any money or gifts, including but not limited to food and drink to an elector. So people who would take water to people who were standing uh, for hours in lines, this bill would make that a crime. Congratulations, Georgia. You finally solved the issue of widespread voter hydration. Republicans are ballers, man, you gotta admit. They reduced the voting locations so that people have to wait in line for hours, and now they wanna ban people from giving out food and water to people who are waiting in line. It's like every year they make it 5% harder to vote. By 2030, the voting line is just gonna be an American Ninja Warrior episode. I mean, if you guys are gonna be evil, at least don't be so blatant about it. Instead of banning water, Republicans should hand out even more water, and then, Ban porta potties. Yeah, now you're evil and clever. Now, for the most part, Republicans aren't coming right out and saying that they're passing these laws to stop Democrats and minorities from voting. Instead, they're taking the big lie that they used in the last election and recycling it to try and win the next one. I do believe that, that voting in this country is a privilege. And, it's a right. And it's a right as well, but it ought to mean enough where you can put forth a little bit of effort in trying to cast your ballot. We're not taking away anybody's rights, but what we are asking is we, we want a fair and honest election that doesn't have all the allegations that uh, we had in this past election cycle. Those allegations, baseless claims of fraud, were promoted by Jones, who was recently stripped of a committee chairmanship following his efforts to undermine the presidential election. Oh, that's impressive, man. This guy says we need new laws to address the bogus voter fraud allegations that he spread. What we have here, my friends, is a rare real-life instance of a person both smelting it and delting it. I mean, for real, though, this is ridiculous. If you're gonna make up evidence out of thin air and use it against black people, You should not be a lawmaker. You go join the police. The January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. The day white supremacists entered the Capitol without having to get elected. Yesterday, Congress held its first hearings on what went wrong with security that day. And the testimony from the people in charge was not encouraging. 
Former Capitol Hill security officials and the acting chief of the D.C. Metropolitan Police were counting the January 6th insurrection, highlighting major communication failures that led to the deadly riots. The day before the insurrection, an FBI memo explicitly warning about the possibility of violence was sent via email, but never made its way to leadership. Here's the intelligence. Be ready to fight. Congress needs to hear glass breaking, doors being kicked in, and blood from their BLM and Antifa slave soldiers being spilled. Get violent. Stop calling this a march or a rally or a protest. Go there ready for war. We get our president or we die. I would certainly think that something as violent as an insurrection in the Capitol uh, would warrant, um, you know, a phone call or something. Yeah, man, I agree with this. In fact, this was the first time in history an email should have been a meeting. Email is the least effective way to get an emergency message to anybody. It goes text, DM, message in a bottle that you throw into the ocean and then email. And if it's really not important, phone call. I mean, this was an attempted overthrow of the government. It's kind of important that they hear about it. I'm just saying, like if it was me, I would have sent an edible arrangement. You know how I know email isn't an effective way to get someone's attention? Because whenever you send an email, what do you have to do immediately after that? You have to send a text asking, did you get my email? The problem with email is that we just get so many. You know, it's easy to miss the one that says insurrection at the Capitol. You know, cause it might be below another email with three siren emojis like, last chance for 10% off colored contact lenses. And I mean, I know which one's getting my attention, ladies. But yesterday's hearing was just the beginning of a long process. I mean, President Trump incited a mob that stormed the Capitol chanting, hang Mike Pence. That's something that was super upsetting to everyone. Well, almost everyone. Former Vice President Mike Pence is standing by his former boss. That's right. Pence told a group of conservative lawmakers yesterday he maintains a close personal friendship with the former president. This is significant because of what happened on January 6th and pro-Trump demonstrators coming into the Capitol looking for Mike Pence and Donald Trump tweeting about attacking Mike Pence even during the Capitol riot. But he did not express, I'm told, any ill will towards the former president. Banks told me, I got the sense they speak often and maintain the same personal friendship and relationship now that they have for four years. Woo! Staying loyal after he sent a mob to kill you? Man, that shows how committed Mike Pence is to his principles. He won't even abort a friendship. And I don't know where the line is between forgiving and being a doormat, but Mike Pence crossed it a long time ago. I mean, yeah, the Bible says to turn the other cheek, but at the same time, one of the Ten Commandments is, thou shalt not be a bitch ass. I guess at this point, there's nothing that Trump can do to Mike Pence that would make Pence turn on him. They basically have the same relationship that we have with our Alexa. Ah, Alexa, I hate you! I wish you would die! I'm sorry you feel that way. Is there anything else I could help you with? And finally, an update on policing in America. One of the big problems is that police are too often called into situations where they should actually be the last resort. So many activists have said that we should find alternatives to cops as first responders. You know, maybe healthcare professionals or community members. And now the NYPD is saying, all right, I hear you, but what about robot dogs? 
Meet DigiDog, the newest member of the NYPD's Technical Assistance Response Unit. Yes, a robot dog that's hounding city streets, assisting its handlers in saving lives and protecting New York's finest. DigiDog took its first steps here in the Wakefield section of the Bronx today. The four-legged robot was reportedly responding to a home invasion, climbing the stairs of an apartment here on West 227th Street. It allows the NYPD to have eyes and ears and also talk to individuals in life-threatening situations. This allows them to use the least amount of force necessary to resolve that situation. Wow, a robot dog? What a cool way for the police to say they have too much money and should be defunded. And this robot dog comes with tons of features. It's got cameras, it's got a microphone, it's even got an extra knife that it can plant on an unarmed body, all sorts of things. But you gotta give props to the police for how they're marketing this robot. Oh, look at our adorable dog. No, it's a cop made out of steel. Like they can call tear gas potty smoke, doesn't mean it's gonna sting any less when they blast you with it. It will be funny though to see how people try to bribe a robot police dog. Listen, officer, how about we let this ticket slide and uh, I give you 10 minutes with my laser printer. No questions asked. And look, I'm not saying robot dogs won't ever be useful. I mean, that'd be great to send into a hostage situation. I want a million dollars and a helicopter to get me out of here. You hear me? You guys- What? What do you want? No, I'm not taking you out. I'm doing a hostage thing. No, I... Okay, fine, I'll take you to the end of the block and back, okay, you got that? All right, good boy, come on, come on. Good boy, yeah, look at you. One of the worst stories recently has been the crisis in Texas. But even that had a ray of sunshine as a bad situation brought out the best in some people. In Houston, two strangers took in a delivery driver for five days after she got stranded during the storm. Wow, last week, Chelsea Timmons says she got stuck outside their home while delivering groceries just as the brunt of that storm moved through. The couple tried to get her a tow truck, but no one showed up, so they opened up their home to her. We're like, just come inside, hang out, we'll figure it out. And, uh, you know, and at, at some point we realized that uh, we were probably gonna have a house guest for a few days, which was fine. And Chelsea made an amazing coconut cake the other day too. <laughs> oh, that is the sweetest, most heartwarming abduction I have ever seen. This is like if the movie Get Out was made by the Hallmark Channel. And you know, these days when everyone is so suspicious and distrustful of strangers, it's really wonderful to hear about a couple that didn't hesitate for a second to help a stranger in need. In fact, you know what? I'm gonna write them an email. Dear American friends, I am a Nigerian prince who has lots of money and you can't help me. The only person who this isn't a happy story for is the guy who ordered coconuts that never showed up. Cause I mean, he was shivering in his house like, don't worry kids, we're gonna make it through this just fine. Oh man, just as soon as those coconuts get here. Let's move on to a ray of sunshine from Ohio. A story that starts out scary, but ends scarily adorable. An Ohio bomb squad made a surprise discovery responding to a call about a suspicious bag found outside a church. Well, they weren't met with uh, ticking, but purring coming from the bag. 
Six newborn kittens and their mother were discovered. In a note that says Sprinkles had gone into labor the day earlier. And they're all being cared for. They're all well at the local animal shelter there. Wow. What a relief that must have been. A bunch of kittens is the best thing you can hope to see when you're expecting to see a bomb. I mean, it's like going to your grandpa's funeral, but instead, Beyonce pops out of the casket for a surprise concert. Oh, I mean, it's too bad you didn't get to bury your grandpa, but hey, Beyonce, I'm in there, bad grandpa, bad grandpa. So, it really is great news that this wasn't a bomb. Although, after one week with seven cats in your house, you'll wish it had just been a bomb. And look, I know we should be careful, but did this really have to go straight to the bomb squad? I mean, like, it feels like a couple more questions on the 911 call could have helped. Okay, sir, is the bag meowing? It is? All right, then those are kittens, sir. Yeah, that's not a bomb. Okay, bye-bye. 911, what is your emergency? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, is the fire meowing? Yeah, those are kittens, ma'am. Yeah, that's not a fire. Okay, then, bye-bye. 911, what's your emergency? At the same time, though, I will admit, it is still too early to let our guard down. I mean, bombers are really clever people, so this could all be a long game. You know, you bring home those sweet kittens, you take care of them, you snuggle them, you listen to them purr. They become part of the family, and then one night, 10 years from now, you open your eyes, and your cat is on your chest holding a trigger button like, boom, bitch. Meow. All right, let's move on now from six tiny kittens to one giant sheep, and another great animal rescue story from the week. Rescuers in Australia found a sheep that had close to 78 pounds of wool dragging him down. Look at this guy. (laughs) He was underweight and all that gargantuan (laughs) fleece even covered his eyes. The rescuers took him to Edgar's Mission Farm Sanctuary. That's where he promptly received a good shearing. Sheep typically have to be sheared at least once a year to keep them healthy. Look at all that. Talk about the socks and the sweaters. Oh, man. I am so happy for that sheep. And he must have been relieved too. I bet he was like, man, thank you. My dick looks so much bigger now. That's incredible though. They shaved 78 pounds of wool off of one sheep. That's enough to make one mitten for Bernie Sanders. Before we go, this month is Black History Month. So please consider supporting an organization called Free Black Therapy. Their mission is to connect black therapists with black and African-American individuals who lack adequate funds or health insurance so that they can be treated for free. By supporting free black therapy, you're helping black people in need to get culturally competent mental health care, as well as supporting black therapists. If you're able to help out in any way, then all you have to do is go to the link below. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 